Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, the podcast where we're asking the question, what does it mean to be fully alive in the 21st century? I'm your host, Barrett Kane. I'm a licensed massage therapist, soon-to-be meditation teacher, and soon-to-be yoga instructor. And where we're going today is in the realm of empowerment through holistic health. Uh, in order to do this, I have invited my friend Emily Kosick on, who is the CEO of Root Awakening. It is a coaching situation where she helps people essentially reclaim their power and break bad habits. This episode specifically, we talk a lot about creating the container to do the self-healing journey. And then we talk about building the boundaries that allow you to keep out the people who are not respecting that journey. It's a big part of doing anything is having a space to do it. And in order to have a clearly defined space, you need to have boundaries. Uh, So we do spend a lot of time talking about how to build a sustainable practice in this, how to be gentle with yourself, ways to really mitigate um, kind of snapping back to your old ways. That's kind of what she specializes in is helping you break the bad habits that you know are keeping you back from a more embodied way of life. And then from that clear container, we go into the importance of community and keeping good company and what that does for really livening your ability to show up for yourself in a consistent manner. So this was a really cool conversation. A lot of it is on interpersonal relationships. And I mean, that is the work that we do is through our relationships. Because it's really in those situations that, you know, the pedal kind of meets the metal and all of the work that we've done is either, um, you know, thrown away in favor of reactivity or it is emboldened by um, clear consciousness and the ability to respond effectively. So, you know, I think relationships are one of the the carnal grounds of our practice you know this is really where we're able to uh to see exactly where we are you know it's it's when we're interacting with each other so that is uh today's focus um as always, if you wish to support the show, if you like what we're doing here and want to see more of it with higher quality content, uh, the best thing that you can do at this current iteration is to subscribe either on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to. Um, the higher subscriptions, the uh, the more chance I have to actually make a return investment, which means more time spent on each of the episodes. I am playing around with a lot of different ideas on how I want to navigate the future and how I deliver this content and how I can weave uh, a thread throughout all of these topics. You know, I realize that going forward, uh, a big part of this platform is that there is an idea of how to be uh, whole and embodied in this century. So the the more ways that I can use the gestalt thinking, if you will, to connect all these things, I think the more comprehensive and thorough of a conversation we're going to be having. So in order for me to do that, it does require more time and effort, which, you know, uh, this year is about, you know, that's what we're doing. So yeah, head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, comment, like, subscribe on YouTube, whatever you can do. Um, And yeah, without further ado, Emily Kosick. Emily, we are now live. Thank you so much for joining me on 21st Century Vitalism. How are we today? I am so great. I am spectacular. I am so, so happy to be here and to be speaking with you, Brett. Yeah, I'm happy that you're here too. I have spent the past few days really diving into your offerings 
And um, I'm honestly really excited to see where we can go. And um, who suggested me or you to me was actually a a really good friend. So um, I know our shout out to our mutual friend, Brad. Uh, Yeah, he had nothing but glowing things to say. Brad rules. He's an amazing person. And then I knew it's so great to hear about how we connect because already I'm like, this is going to be an amazing conversation. I can tell Brad is the connecting piece and he's wonderful. And I could already feel energetically that you were too. Yay. Yeah. You can really (laughs) tell a lot by your relationship with someone based on who suggests them. It's just like, and anybody that's in his circle, I'm sure is just full of love like he is. And, um, Cool. So let's get started. Uh, I really wanted to start off by simply just kind of getting a brief story on how you got to be a wellness coach and creating the Rude Awakening program that you uh, so generously offer. Yeah, I would love to talk about it. So hi, everybody. I am Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening. And my purpose on this earth, at least in this point in time, is to help folks understand how powerful they are and remember how powerful they are and realize how powerful they are and and really just to help folks break free of the habits that aren't serving them anymore, that are hurting their health, and just encourage people to reconnect with their intuition that everybody has. Okay, so we have things that we can access all of the time that a lot of us are not accessing and are not utilizing, even though it lives within us. Okay, so my my job is to help kind of bring that up and bring that to the surface. And I do this through holistic health coaching. So Root Awakening is my container for holistic health coaching. And Root Awakening also houses a beautiful supportive community. So through Root Awakening, I help folks gain balanced health without going cold turkey. And I say that because when most people think about self-improvement, they think about the typical New Year's resolution or the diets that just never work. And why is that? right? It's because we are led to believe that if we pick up one healthy habit, healthy in quotes, one healthy habit and ignore all of the emotional blocks and all of the limiting beliefs and all of the suppressed feelings that we have, we're led to believe that we're going to get the result we want. Like, oh, just just leave all that negative stuff to the side, good vibes only, and start going to the gym and next week you're going to look incredible. You're going you're gonna to get all the results we want. That's completely misguided, right? So through Root Awakening, I guide my clients to gently work through all of this emotional work and mindset work and lifestyle change. And that really creates a true balance in their lives. And it creates deep empowerment because we need to be reminded, I think, especially right now, that we are powerful and we are capable of amazing change within ourselves and within society in general if we get together as a collective, as a group. So the topics that I teach look like letting go of societal pressures and letting go of energy sucking habits that don't serve you anymore and letting go of damaging thought patterns and instead replacing all of that by just nourishing your body like start there nourishing your body start feeling good within yourself establishing a connection to your body establishing a connection to your intuition and cultivating self-love that just allows you to feel good physically mentally and spiritually and then you have all this space to help people and lift other people up so I'm going to just give a really brief history about where I came from. I had a really tumultuous history with body imbalance, physical body imbalances, mental and emotional body imbalances, depression, um, eating disorder. I had a lot of substance abuse issues, a lot of mental health issues. And through these issues, I was able to discover 
really what I was capable of on the other side because it got to a point for me where I had to decide, okay, I'm not gonna be here for very much longer if I'm gonna continue to do this. My body is falling apart. I have recurrent infections. I need to do something different. And guess what? Western medicine was not the route for me. Um, so I figured out what I can start doing to just start feeling better every day. And that's how I created a lot of the protocols that I use with my clients and the members of my program um, to become more sustainable in our health practices for the long term. And then after I did all of that transformation for myself and a lot of this stuff is life's work right but I did a lot of this transformation um, and I was able to recover from a lot heal from a lot and now one of the first things that lights me up is teaching other people to do the same wow that is so beautiful I really like the aspects of not quitting something cold turkey and gentleness because I think that like oftentimes that's what we see with a lot of like fad diets or like you said the new year's resolutions is like doing the cold turkey thing is kind of like an act of aggression on yourself because like oftentimes the habits that you're trying to cut out are actually compensation patterns to deal with uh, conditions that actually cause an amount of suffering within the body. So really it's like symptom management. And when you try and handle the management without the underlying conditions, you're actually kind of hurting yourself. Um, and it reminds me of uh, a story. One of my, I, I only took one health class in college, and it was a he had a it was a beautiful teacher, and he was talking about how he helped one of his students who uh, drank two two liters of soda every single day. And the way that he actually got him to do it was like, how about you drink one and a half, and then drink some water for that other half? And the guy's like, wait, I can still drink all this soda? And he's like, yeah, yeah, do it. Just make sure that you're drinking water. And like that creates just kind of like a positive feedback loop. And it's kind of on, we have to work through positivity and not through cutting ourselves down and like, you know, pulling away the things. It's like, you got to have something to replace that. And I think that that is an incredibly wise way to handle things. And I, I don't think our society currently, I mean, we're really like kind of focused on that, like warrior mentality to like a toxic degree where it's like, if you can't handle it, get out of the kitchen or whatever. <laughs> You know, so I think this is awesome. I'm, I'm already hooked and like hearing you say it, I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. So what are some of the tools that you actually like to employ in this? Do you have like some main things? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, what I really work on with my clients, first things first, decide who you want to be. <laughs> if you want to become healthy, quote unquote, or I want to be healthier, right? That's such a, that's a really good first thought that we get. And first of all, I also want to just just mention that if we want to start to get ourselves in a better place or if we want to start going to the gym or if we want to start turning our lives around, that's great. Like, let's just start by celebrating that to begin with. Right. So even if before we've tried to do some New Year's resolutions that haven't worked, it's, you know, we're, we're marketed to in a lot of different ways to condition us to believe that that's the way. So there's no shame in having a moment where you try to start a habit and it doesn't quite work. And then you realize later, oh, I just tried to, like, change myself in 24 hours. Of course, that doesn't work that's okay just celebrate yourself for wanting to be in a better place for wanting to feel better so that's maybe like first things first the first yeah. of the first of the first but really the first step i work on with my clients after that is figure out who you want to be like what do you want your life to look like what do you want to be doing what how do you want to change the world that's a big question right but just 
having patience with yourself and starting to get familiar with these questions and maybe not so scared about them, not so scared of big questions like that, that can really help to decide where you wanna go and what's important for you and what are your core values here. And if you're feeling not so great right now, what is that? What is that feeling? Is it, is it a physical sensation? Is there something underneath the physical sensation? So just exploring all of these big topics that I think we get really intimidated by and just knowing that it's okay to not have the right answer right away. You're probably not going to, but just starting to become comfortable with those questions and starting to realize, okay, where exactly do I want to be? Because that's how we achieve our goals, by getting really specific, by getting really clear and by also having patience with ourselves. Um, so then next we, we just basically do a lot of exploring of those questions and that is going to deal with a lot of emotional depths and a lot of um, getting to know yourself more, checking in with yourself every day. How am I feeling? I'm feeling a little bit defeated today or I'm feeling a little bit anxious today. Okay, why is that? Okay, well it's maybe the state of the world or it's maybe because this other thing is going on in my life or this with my job isn't really working okay but what can you like validate that right and then what can you remind yourself of moving forward to help you gain back some strength here to to say wait a second no but i am capable of this right so i think we really start with a in-depth overview like a, a general overview of what your goals are and we dive into that and then also you know discovering the habits that you have that maybe aren't serving you very well and what you want those habits to look like instead what are the good habits you want what are the healthy habits you want so we use things like food and what you're consuming what you're putting in your body what your social tendencies are like are you making decisions for other people we start getting into that after we have the goals established so so we really deal with like where we are at when we're starting and then move into the food, move into the consumables, move into the decisions you're making every day. So you just get to know yourself really well. And once we have self-awareness, that's where uh, true sustainable long-term health can blossom. Yeah, I'm really feeling a lot of that. It's really interesting because I also feel like so much of the the journey of like awakening or the journey of kind of like self-improvement kind of does come down to that level of awareness. Like I feel like being aware that you want to make a change is like 60% of it because like the vast sea of people, there's a lot of people who are just completely ignorant who just don't really care, you know? So like I think like in cultivating that sense of like I do want a little bit more out of my life, that opens up the container of possibility. And I like that that's kind of the first thing that you focus on is like, what do you want to do with your life? You know, it's like, yeah, we can work on your diet. Yeah, we can get you exercising, but like in service of what, you know, and it's like having the, the, the distant horizon to like move towards is actually like hugely beneficial. Um, but what I'm wondering is like, I, I feel like often what happens with this is some people become aware of it. There's kind of, it comes 
in tandem with a sense of shame or insecurity, you know, like especially with the idea of like the New Year's resolution or like failing to meet the expectation, like the idea of setting an expectation for yourself. If awareness is 60%, that's another like 30% because it's like, oh, I could fail. And so many people are so afraid to fail and make mistakes. And how do you combat like the feelings of shame that come from when people address where they are and they're just not happy? Like I am screwing myself up. Like, do you have any like tips on how to help people integrate into a more holistic lifestyle? Yeah, and I think the whole idea, like shame and guilt drives a lot of our society right now, and we're taught to let that drive us, but we don't want that to be what's driving us, right? Like, I'm I'm shameful, so then I better hurry up and do this, but then I feel shame and guilt again because I'm not addressing this part. No progress, that's how, when you're feeling stuck, like if any of the listeners are feeling stuck right now, often you're in this frozen position of I don't know where to go next. And breaking away from that idea of shame and, and reminding yourself that if I'm feeling shameful, it's not helping anyone, including myself, and I'm not gonna go anywhere, I'm not gonna move forward. So can I just, be a little bit more compassionate towards myself, right? Can I be a little bit more gentle with myself to just explore what I'm feeling? And it's okay if shame is coming up. Let shame come up, let all of those feelings come up and explore them and figure out, okay, I don't wanna feel this way, so can I let go of any of that? And um, as far as getting into holistic health, you are going to fail in order to get to your goal, right? Yeah. So a lot of people say, prepare and be okay with failing or be okay with not meeting your goals because that's going to happen. That's probably going to happen down the line. The people that have had the most success in this world, the people that have done everything they wanted to do and have a really comprehensive lifestyle that feels really good to them, those people did not meet some of their goals but they kept working with it. So I think we're really taught to be very goal oriented and we're really taught to be um, very self-deprecating. But if we can, instead of just obsessing over the goals we have, if we can move from that to just being excited about our place here on earth and about going through this journey, this discovery process to leave a nice mark here that that is filled with compassion and that is filled with community and that is filled with discovering more about ourselves. That's really what this journey is about. It's not about all your specific goals that you meet. It's more about your time here, what you've experienced, what you're really excited about. Do things that excite you. Start there and forget, like set your goals, but forget about it if you don't meet them. Just celebrate yourself for working towards them. Celebrate yourself for taking one action every day or taking care of yourself in one action every day. Yeah, I, again, it kind of comes down to like the positive reinforcement rather than negative, which is definitely like against our tendency within the current uh, social paradigm that we find ourselves in. And something that I also thought of is that like, when, whenever we see people who are pursuing these things and they're very like on social media with it, we, we don't see their failures. We only see when they actually reach the goal, but like, everybody is failing forward, you know? Mm -hmm. So like it is kind of a, an integral part of it. And as for like the shame thing, it, it kind of came up like, even in like celebrating the awareness of the shame, like if you can expand your state of awareness to include the shame to where it's like, I'm aware that I feel shame, that's different than being ashamed. 
it's like that that separation from it can allow you to like you can celebrate your awareness of it you know and you can even turn that into kind of a meditation and practice and also within that there's wisdom of like where you want to go you know like shame doesn't have to be this like terrible thing that we can never shake off it's actually like a compass to like I know that I could be embodying in a different way so like what is this telling me you know and yeah, I, I think the, the positive aspect on things is going to be integral. And the fact that you even like bring up community, I, I, I know that that's another thing that you, you talk about often is like relationships are crucial for this, whether it be like mentors or coaches or like other friends. Like what would you say on the nature of like holding good company? Yeah, I love this topic because it's so important. And again, we don't like we don't hear about this often, even in the health sector, because it's a lot of self-development. It's a lot of like, what are we doing? But yeah, you need a support system. You can't do this alone. Like, and that's good. You know, you can you can try to do it alone, but you could be having this amazing experience that you haven't even tapped into if you don't keep a nice community around you that truly supports what you're doing. So this is another kind of subtopic that I really like to talk about. Normal, when we talk about what's normal in our society, that can that word can often be replaced with mediocre. So when yeah. people say like, oh, it's normal to like not have a digestive movement every day, or it's normal to drink every night, or it's normal to smoke weed anytime stress comes up for you instead of sitting down and really exploring it. Like it's normal to have all these things. It's not normal. It's just kind of blah, what we've gotten into, the, the habits that we've gotten into, right? So that's not your only option, okay? And I, I bring that subtopic up because most people around us are kind of stuck in that matrix a little bit. Totally not, not anybody's fault. We're just really heavily conditioned to do that. But if you're being called to break these habits, it's really important to recognize that as you start to level up your health and as you start to get into uh, habits that start to feel really good for you and as you start to wake up every day with a lot of energy, realize that quote unquote most people around you are probably not going to be feeling that way and may not understand when you say like, wow, I feel like I'm really getting into some good spiritual depths and I just feel good. Like every day I, ha I feel like there's a, whether there's stressful things happening or not, I feel like there's, there's just an underlying current of joy within me. A lot of people won't really know what to do with that and sometimes they respond to that with resistance and that's okay because we have things like social media we have things like like friends to introduce us to other friends right and we have resources to connect with other people that are feeling the way that you want to feel and that have the goals that you have so um, know that it's okay if maybe your family members or your best friend from uh, elementary school or your lifelong friend doesn't quite understand uh, the goals that you have, where you want to level up to, but know there are other people on this earth that will feel you and that will totally lift you up and support you. So like, just get involved and back to our, our last topic, it's the, all of these people that are really trying to level up their health and that are really lifting, lifting each other up, they're going through their own struggles. I have my own coaches. I have a mindset coach, I have a business coach, right? I still go, it's life's work. But um, so, so not to be afraid of uh, failing or of, of struggling, because when you find supportive people around you, that's exactly who you go to when you are struggling. And 
you can get involved by start following some hashtags on social media like holistic health you can follow me on instagram you can become a part of my community i have a i have a community full of people and i try to make natural health as accessible as possible in the most accessible way and there are all types of groups like this there are Facebook groups you can get into okay so it's it's all out there uh, we just don't see it all the time in our physical realm um, but it's so important because to have to, to go to someone when you're not feeling so well and to have them say but you're incredible Right? Like, feel the way you're, you feel. That's okay. Yeah. But hey, you're really special. And you're working towards all of these amazing, amazing points in your life. And you've already experienced so much amazing um, achievements. And I'm so proud of you. There are people on this earth that will say that to you every day. And that's what I want. If you're going to take away anything from what I just said, that's probably most, the most important thing to take away. Do you feel that oftentimes what you put out energetically, like if you are starting to feel this undercurrent of constant joy, is that what you attract? Or is that maybe like a little gaslighty to justify like bad relationships? Because like I found in my situation, like the more that I work on myself and the more I cultivate the positive attributes that like I want to see in the future, naturally, like people enter my my resonant field, if you will, who are just like beaming the same positivity and um, I, I, I just don't know, like, the nature of, like, how do you, f like, acclimate to those people? Is it a matter of just doing your own work or should you seek those people first or what do you, what do you think on that? Yeah, I think you can do both, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I totally find the same. Like, yes, there is a, a law of attraction there and totally you invite, like, it will come naturally. And I think once you start seeking these people that are, like, next level, that you're like, whoa, you're so, like, supportive and comprehensive once you start seeking these people then you start to kind of like mirror these things and then you attract more of more of those people naturally into your life without necessarily like quote unquote seeking like taking the actions to try to find them so i think it's a hand in hand um, process i really like to highlight the fact that there are going to be probably people around you in your physical space or maybe people from your past that are on a different length wavelength because that's really what i've experienced a lot in my health journey especially when you're going from a lifestyle of maybe like more alcohol drugs or just like having a drink all the time and that's what your older friends are expecting you to do and then you decide hey i want to work away from some of these habits and your old friends are like hey wait, what, why aren't you taking a drink, right? Um, and so that's really something that I work on with my clients in the mastermind that I have because it's such a big thing when you are starting to level up your health to have people around you that are a little bit resistant to that, but it's totally navigable. So I just like to remind everyone that, yeah, there, there might be some people from family, from past who are a little resistant. That's okay. Like you'll get to a place of acceptance with them in your life. Just and we can work towards that always, but know that there's this other, this other place with really supportive people there that is accessible and you can seek them out today if you want. And then maybe tomorrow you attract another person that's similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting in the dynamic of like when you start going through these changes, there is definitely people, and I've noticed this within my own sphere, who I, I think like the light that you start to shine kind of shines on their insecurities. Even if it's not something you're doing, they project that onto you and then they like they see all the ways they don't show up for themselves and rather than like 
step with you into the slipstream of like positive momentum. They oftentimes will double back down to where they are and then judge you and blame you and try and pull you back down. And it's not like a purposeful thing. I think it's really subconscious, but like it it definitely happens. And how would you say like, what's a a healthy way to manage these relationships? Say you have um, a, a father or a childhood best friend who, you know, is used to you being in a certain way. And like these are relationships you don't really want to like sacrifice because like it is a long karmically entrenched thing and it's like but you have to take care of yourself and like how do you compassionately do your work and still maintain that that relationship is there a way or like is that boundary do you have to just cut ties and you know there's totally a way there are like so many ways and it fires me up to talk about it because i figured this out kind of like built it from scratch ways of dealing with this because you don't hear about it almost ever. And I'm always in the wellness sector looking up what's up on social media. Either it's, yeah, there are people, but just like that that don't understand, but just let them be or cut them out of your life. If you have to cut them out of your life, then cut them out of your life. When is it ever that easy, especially with the family member? Never, never. So um, ways of talking with your loved ones, ways of showing them what's important to you and asking for their acceptance and asking for their understanding. Oh my gosh, there's so many ways to do this. I give my clients really specific, um, even quotes to say or to customize themselves to say to their loved ones because it can be that complicated and also stressful and nerve wracking. Like talking to your parents like that, that's just by nature, that's like, whoa, I'm gonna tell my parents what's up. That was, that's something difficult for me, right? and really what it is that middle space between like just passively like letting your family and family and friends say whatever and cutting people out that middle place is boundaries that's where boundaries are born so right it's so transformative (laughs) and um setting those is really special so something that if i want to get a little bit more specific here something that i tell my clients to make sure to really utilize is telling your loved one what is important to you so in in many cases it will be i really want us to enjoy the time we have together i really want us to appreciate our company together i really want us to still have a good time and stay connected but this and this and this is really important to me right now i really value it and i'm really proud of myself for pursuing this right now and thank you for understanding me that is a really nice setup when you want to bring up these difficult topics that you're working on that maybe a loved one is being resistant to i really like the approach of it's not corrective you know it has kind of a an element of it that is inherently but like you're not saying it in a way it's like you need to do this or else we're done it's like I really like it, it invites them into the process. And even if they don't understand, I think that invitation, you know, is actually like that's that's the healthiest way to do it and create like a long term um, situation. So what do you what do you do in the situation where they agree, but then you can still feel like the energetic disposition of kind of like, it, it's making them upset with themselves? Like, is that something like, how do you compassionately show up and be honest and authentic with yourself while also like, oh, like, that's causing harm. It's not my fault that it's causing harm, but it, it, like, they are being harmed by themselves through the reflection of me. Like, how, how would you walk that, that tight rope, you know? Yeah, yeah, 
it's likely gonna be there unless it's perfect timing. I just had a situation myself in my personal life where I had to set a boundary with a family member and it happened to be amazing timing. It worked really well. They were ready to start accepting me and they were kind of just like, yes, <laughs> you know? But does that happen often? No, so almost always it will be there, that vibe of like, it's hurting me that you're doing this or that vibe of like, I still don't really get it, but okay, that's gonna be there. But again, like patience is really the key. We need patience with ourselves and we need patience with who we're talking to, who we're setting boundaries with. So understand that it's almost never gonna be the situation where it's like, okay, and how many years, by the way, did I have try to have a conversation about boundaries with someone where they didn't really understand, right? So I've, ex I've uh, experienced both sides of the stick here. Um, but yeah, to be in a conversation with someone where you're still kind of getting that vibe, let that be because you know that you're doing the right thing for yourself. And are you going to dictate your actions based on how someone else is judging you or based on what someone else wants for you? No, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help them in the long run. It doesn't really keep anybody happy when you think about it. So that's another big element to like the healing I do with my client. And I think a big element of most people's health journey is to separate from doing things that you think other people want and not doing things that you know are right for you. Um, because when, when we do things that are right for us and when we do things that we know makes us feel good, when you can just feel deeply, like when I say feel good, I don't mean like when you're, when you have a couple drinks in you and you're feeling giddy, I mean like feel good, like deep. You can just like feel it in your soul that it's right for you or at least right at this moment and you need to experience that. If you roll with that feeling, that is going to make you flourish and then give you space to help other people and to continue to work on your relationships, all that. If we follow what we think other people want us to do, that's not going to be genuine. We're going to hold some sort of kind of deep-seated bitterness towards them possibly. They're not going to totally feel that energy that it's genuine or they're just never going to be satisfied. So it really doesn't help us to behave uh, in a way that we think will please others. We need to just behave in a way that feels right for us. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think a lot of this work honestly comes down. I mean, I think there's kind of like the groundwork of like you kind of have to set good boundaries within yourself first before you can even ha be confident mm. in your ability to communicate with the people in your life. Like it always starts within, you know, and I also think that like what's best for you when you feel that undercurrent of genuine joy, not like spiritual materialism where it's like, I'm totally blissed. Mm. Like not that like really ephemeral esoteric thing, but like this deep grounded sense of like, this human experience of like, I am on the right path. I think like based on like the laws of interdependence, like that is what's best for everybody. And even if somebody is starting to get like a little activated by that, um, I, I think that like, I mean, who's to say that that's not a part of their journey, you know? And like, oftentimes we go through most of our lives without seeing anybody who's activated, you know? Like I talked to some of my older family members and they have no idea about the worlds of, that people are living in. And it's like, maybe you are that introduction. And at first, even if it's like five years, they might not get it. But over time, if, if you're true, if you're being authentic, that will radically transform. It's like corrosive to the, the neuroses that we've kind of, got you know so i i think that the emphasis on integrating it into a community the hell like and i, I it's actually what i really like about your platform specifically because i see a lot of people who do like the self-work without the integration and then they send these unguided missiles off who are <laughs> uh, unable to actually like 
really integrate it with the people in their lives and it kind of takes away like the personal level of it you know it's like here's my platform you absorbed it and then you went off on your own like we have to fit this to everybody's body and life situation i think um based on the way you're expressing it your your situation is really uh, applicable to that yeah and it's so brett the topics that you just brought up there are so so true there's so much deep truth to what you're what you're talking about right now and it's so important for everyone to remember too change is going to be met with resistance almost always and that can be within ourselves if we notice we're changing if we're invited to change and it's met with a little resistance in ourselves or uh, a family member might be resistant to the change that we are creating the change that we are making happen in ourselves so it's that that's always going to be there and to not be surprised when that happens will help us so much moving forward and um also i was just going to say too yeah it is important that we remember that if you do set your boundaries and um you do if you do set your boundaries and it is met with resistance and it isn't respected and then maybe you set them try one more time and you set them again and they're still not respected sometimes you do have to let people out of your life but that's up to you okay i've never told my clients to do that my clients actually haven't they've never had to do that at this point um but sometimes it it is possible i've had to do that in my personal life it is it is possible to let a family member go and realize that or let uh, someone close to you go and realize that that was the right the right choice for you so that is like it that is an option but you know that and just know that's not the only option i think that's just good to remember as well I think that's something really wonderful to point out too. You know, I think that there is definitely a tendency sometimes to kind of like shame people into acquiescence, you know, like you just have to kind of bear the brunt of it. Like, yeah, they're your, they're your parent, you know, that means, you know, you only get one, but like sometimes that relationship is so toxic that it can actually, that is a part of the lesson in life plan is like, you gotta, you gotta cut that tie if it really is, you know, and I, I think that I definitely would encourage people if they are in a situation that, they know deep down is toxic and damaging, you know, like seek counseling and, you know, find a, a healthy way to cut that tie, you know, and like mm -hmm. really empower that, you know, because that is about your boundaries. If you let somebody in who doesn't respect you, then you're not respecting you. And it's really hard to even build that positive momentum because you got this energy vampire in your corner that's always going to be slashing at your legs and, you know. So when we're talking about communities, positive communities, now that we've had that caveat, which I think is important um, just to address, you know, like there's, you know, there's some darkness out there, but we'll, we'll get through it. With your mastermind group, what exactly do you all do? What is that structured like and how have you noticed that help you and your clients? Yeah, so we're just transitioning into the mastermind group now. Um, oh, so cool. I've, I've had clients that I've been working with and we're tr transitioning them all into a group together. Um, so what we are working on together is basically supporting each other through our health journeys and meeting each other with where we are at and that's a really powerful experience because not only does everyone get to learn from the host or from me but they get to learn from each other so it's really something where people can 
encourage each other, offer advice based on what they've experienced. Everyone is coming from different backgrounds, which is really powerful. And um, yeah, I basically am just kind of prepping them and setting them up for that right now and, and encouraging them. Um, and I, we get on calls. We will be getting on calls every single week where I set a weekly intention for the group. So that's to hold them accountable. And that is to kind of keep them on track and remind them, hey, this, this community is here. And hey, if I'm struggling with this today, or I'm feeling like, oh, just not enough change is happening and I want to get closer and closer to my goals, um, they will receive reminders to, hey, just keep going forward. And, and um, it's a really big energetic exchange. When you get into a group, it's a really big energetic product, which is really special and arguably even more powerful than one-on-one. -on -one you know, which is what I was doing a lot of before. So we're really kind of, we're just starting it out and stepping into it. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just really important for us to remember that we are more powerful as a group and dealing with internal stuff is sometimes hard to talk about and we want everyone to be comfortable, right? And that's another boundary thing to stay in their boundaries. Um, but it's also important like sharing your story and being vulnerable that's so healing in itself like me being able to talk about how i was addicted to a bunch of substances and all of the, the difficult stuff i went through cigarettes all of that me being able to broadcast that out on your podcast and on my podcast that also heals me as well and doing that in 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 similar situations in a group situation that can heal like there's so much healing in that because to hear yourself say something out loud or to he to to realize that you're typing something to an entire group on a communication platform which is something that we'll have in the mastermind um, is is already so healing because it it helps your brain your your subconscious and your conscious mind understand you a little bit more yeah wow i, I actually really like that um example um and the idea that like we oftentimes have parts of our story that like really hurt us and then we hold those deep within ourselves. It's like really close to our heart, like the ways that we may have screwed up. So like in the process of opening and sharing and being vulnerable, I think that's why like AA like puts such an emphasis on it because like it creates some space so that you're able to separate like I did this thing, I am not this thing. You know, so like the more that you can create space, the more that other people can bear witness to it, we can all be sharing that load energetically. And there's like, you know, toxic ways to do that, but I, I don't think that that's what you're doing. And if you come to a group that has the intention of doing that, I think that that is a huge thing in helping move the energy and like process it and just get it outside so that you can have more space for what you actually want in your life, you know? So that's, that's honestly really incredible that that's an aspect of how you guys are going to be going forward. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, totally. And I think it's also important to remember to um, the mastermind. So it's a yearly subscription that I have. And um, it's so my Instagram account, for example, is what I'm most active on. And that's open for anyone to come on. Um, of course, I have really strict um, inclusivity guidelines where, you know, you have to be respectful. You have to accept everybody. All of these really important pillars are there on my Instagram. I have the right to block anyone right away, right? And I have the same in my, in my um, mastermind group to 
make sure that it's still a safe space for everybody, right? So there's that. Um, but if you're going to be respectful, if you're going to be inclusive and um, supportive, then my Instagram group is open to everybody. The mastermind might not, it might not be the right time for everyone to join the mastermind. So I talk with everyone before they join, okay? It's not like um, anyone that clicks a couple buttons can join because it's not, it's not the right time for some people. It's not the right mix of, of uh, moments for the right people. And I think through that, we cultivate an energy where everyone is at this similar space, right? So everyone isn't at the same place in their health journey, but they have this readiness, this vibe to, to start in the mastermind and they have this this energy to move forward and i think that's important just as far as like when you are sharing something that's really personal to you it's important to it's important that i know who is in the group and that i really have faith in them to be supportive to have space to reach out to others because maybe someone wants to join the mastermind but they really don't have have space to to be in that group setting yet right so that's also really important to be to be really confident about the fact that these people in the in the group will support you and they do have space for you and everyone is kind of on that level of like of respect and on that level of support and on that level of readiness to, for a situation like that. Yeah, I think in having you kind of like kind of be a gatekeeper in that way, I actually think this is like a positive example of that kind of behavior because like, yeah, if that space gets compromised by even like one person, it could send this cascading negative consequence. So the fact that you kind of have some control and you can kind of like know where people are at. Um, I also think it just has another byproduct of like inviting people to hold space for each other. You're actually kind of uh, dissolving the barrier between like you as the holistic health coach and them as like the participant and you're equipping them with the ability to hold space for other people and that's kind of like the next step of what it means to be on this journey and what I always am a proponent of in the show is like in order to have vitality in this century you need to be engaged with the world you know I, I definitely really like the idea like the bodhisattva like we give up our own personal liberation for the liberation of all beings and that idea is that like our inner healing and other beings healing, it, it's the one and the same, you know, and the more ability that you have to hold space for other people, the more ability you have to hold space for yourself. Compassion's a two-way street, you know, and we got to work from like every angle. So by inviting people into this and sitting more in a circle rather than like at the head of a, um, like a class, you know, I think that that actually creates that kind of container of like self-empowerment that you're trying to get across. And you're, I'm sure you're trying to like equip the future leaders, you know, yeah, you don't want a bunch of students. You want people who are able to take command of themselves and then go out into the world. And that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. And so true. Like Brett, it's an energy exchange, right? Like what we're doing right now is an energy exchange. And when I teach my clients, it's an energy exchange and I learn from them as well. And that, that really feels like true community, right? Because I also speak out a lot against, you know, big monopoly companies that are trying to sell you wellness products, but they don't really care at all about your health or your wellness, right? And that is a dynamic that doesn't, that's disempowerment, right? We don't want that. And we, we want to feel like we're a collective. And that's really important to me. And that's part of the reason why I transitioned from one-to-one coaching. And I do one-to-one intensives from time to time here and there if a client really needs some individualized support. But I don't do 
I used to only take clients on in one-on-one space, but I don't do that anymore because I'm like, hey, hold on, everyone needs to, can, do you know how awesome your other, like this other client is? Like you need to yeah. know each other and you need to like yeah. bond to, if, you, if you're vibing together, bond together and create something even bigger because yeah, like I said before, it doesn't have to be a lonely process and arguably it shouldn't, you know? Right. Yeah, I think if it's to be sustainable, then it is going to be a communal process. And that work might start on a solo basis. But yeah, I like the the idea, and I'm sure it's all consensual, but the idea of like intermingling your clients, you know, I, I'm a massage therapist. I can't really do that just because it's kind of a different thing. Yeah. But, you know, when you're working with like empowerment and like lifestyle change, I think that that extra added community could actually be what takes it beyond just you, you know, like I, I think that you know, there's, there's a level of like giving it all away that you're, uh, you're practicing right now that I think is going to be really beneficial and honestly create more opportunity for the people who need to plug into your system to find you, you know, because you're sending all these guided missiles out into the world and missiles is a, that's a heavy term, but you know what I mean? You know, you have people who are leaving your program with a deeper sense of empowerment, you know, and people feel that like we were talking about like your vibe it's almost caustic to neuroses, you know? So if you're empowering all these people to cultivate that vibe with them themselves, then like you're like the sun, you're just shining and not losing anything, Mm. you know? Yeah, and it's really communicative. Like when you start to get that vibe of like, oh my gosh, I am so powerful and man, I can do this or oh, I can experience that. Like I can actually not want to press snooze in the morning when my alarm goes off. That's possible for me. And I did the emotional work to get there too, right? Not just eating the right food, but also, um, or eating food that serves you better, but also doing the emotional work to feel like, to figure out why you feel off in the morning or kind of bummed in the morning when you start to cultivate all of those feelings and you start to uh really embody that that passes on to family members like we were saying it kind of ties in with your boundaries that can pass on to the family members that you're trying to create boundaries with that can pass on to your kids that can pass on to the people around you and guess what it happens my clients are like I had no idea that my partner was also going to pick up some of this stuff. Like, I didn't think that the impact was going to be like that. I thought the impact was just going to be like all me. And that's okay if it's all you. But I'm telling you, like, if you stick with this stuff, it's going to start rubbing off on the other people that you're around. And that goes both ways. So again, that's why it's important to remember, like, also keeps like, keep, make sure you have people around you that are totally into your stuff, that are totally supportive because like um, other, other experts in the field would say, like you start to say the words that the people around you are saying. You start to like yeah. kind of feel yeah. the things that other people are feeling around you and that can go in a good way or a bad way. But if you have that bright light, if you're like the sun, like you're saying, you're gonna give off all of that great energy and other people are gonna start picking that up. And then when you need some more uh, energy feeding yourself, you can go to that really nice community that you have. So this might be kind of an obvious uh, question, but do you think that the fact that you are where you are as holistic coach starting this program and this group, do you think that that's just a reflection of the work that you've done? Like this is the natural evolution of your own self work? Mm. What a question. Yeah, I think so. Because honestly, Brett, it was a pretty big decision. That's why I'm like, oh, I have my mastermind. And also we haven't quite started yet because I started cultivating this group and it was going to be a different kind of group. It was going to be a lot more quote unquote exclusive, not to make it exclusive, but like the price point was gonna be way higher because it was very, very, very high touch. So it would be like a small group coaching kind of. And I started to realize, 
wait a second, like obviously you get me amazing results that way. I've never had a client get like terrible results, right? Um, always getting great results. But I realized that's not quite the impact I want to make on earth. I really want to help people, but hold on. I'm in a group coaching session myself and it's incredible. I'm part of bigger collectives and that feels really good. And me as someone who is uh, encouraging others to heal, uh, giving someone a helping hand to heal, um, I want to reach a bunch of different people. And I want my clients to meet people of all different walks of life that grew up in all different ways. So how do I do that? How do I continue to expand the community and at the end of the day, the two words that really kept coming back to me of like, this needs to be more this, like my coaching practice needs to be more this, is inclusivity and accessibility. Because it doesn't really feel like, for, for me and for what I'm doing, it doesn't really feel like I'm doing what I need to do, I'm, I'm fulfilling my legacy, if the stuff that I'm working on isn't inclusive and isn't accessible. It's not really Emily's community. It's not really a root awakening community if it's not inclusive, accessible, and really relatable for a bunch of different types of people. It's more of like a cabal than community when it's like really tight knit and the gates are really high. And um, I think accessibility is a word that's came up on this podcast like so often. Mm. I, I'm really glad that my guests keep bringing it up because so much of the the modern holistic health world is based on like not being accessible. You know, there's usually really high price points. And to me, like, for something to be radical like we need radical change we all say that you know but like being radical is being accessible you know that's why I don't think Burning Man is the most like radical thing you can <laughs> do it's cool but like yeah you spent a lot of money to be there you know so like to have that emphasis I think is what we need in going forward so how are you specifically you said with like the price point being lower for accessibility but in terms of inclusivity this is something else that i think after 2020 we're definitely going to be hearing a lot more of mm -hmm. in a in a in a rightful way you know what are you doing to make this program inclusive of people who don't typically fit the mold of holistic health practitioners yeah i think just talking about topics that everyone can relate to and talking in a way that's just really like standard to what we believe really really kind of stripped down to just values that we all can agree that we share like we all want to feel good we all want to have people around us that support us we all want to be able to communicate to our loved ones in a way that doesn't hurt feelings or that doesn't that doesn't turn into a fight, right? Just talking about topics that everyone can relate to and um, encouraging people to find self-love within themselves, for example, that's huge. Everyone has that, like everyone has dealt with that. And I think when we're talking or using a lot of language that's like, very um either like way overly trendy or if you get into these niche uh health sectors there are words that like i don't even know what some of those mean still and i'm like i can't i i can't use i i, I don't want to use this terminology i don't i don't i also don't want to be obsessive about word choice but i don't i don't want to use terminology that i barely understand like what are some core values that we have that we can develop together like we all want to feel supported by a community we all want to feel like we belong and through that i think that's where we develop that kind of inclusive community and also just like what are who who needs to really be lifted up right now like what are some like 
what businesses can you support? What can I what can I share with the world about these businesses that I know are like talking about um, black owned farms and how can we start supporting those? Like, great, we're doing local, but how about farms that are that are owned by people that really need to be lifted up right now? Like, how can we how can we support that? And speaking out and talking about these topics, I think, are really important and not just getting quiet when maybe things get uncomfortable and we realize that a lot of us haven't been doing the work that we need to do to be inclusive, right? To talk about that and, and admit when I need to learn more and um, to communicate that I'm still educating myself and to also, like, if we're gonna include everyone, let's include everyone. Like, walk the walk, you know what I mean? I'm, if I say that inclusivity is important, yeah, then it's important to me. I'm gonna take action on that and I'm gonna support businesses that are amazing, that, that don't get enough recognition, you know, and that need to be communicated more. I'm gonna uh, team up with other people in the health sector and get them on my podcast on, and interview them and, and hear what they have to say because it's really important what they have to say and, and go outside of the bounds of people that are just like me, you know, as far as incorporating them into my business and um, starting conversations with them and, and sharing their stuff, you know? Yeah, and I, I think a big part, like, there's definitely a, a group of people out there who hear, like, oh, they're talking about inclusivity. Oh, they must be with the left. Like, what we're talking about is not only functional in that it really does reach out to more people who aren't like us, so to speak. Um, I had air quotes there. <laughs> um, but it also is, like, it's more interesting, <laughs> like, to be frank about it. Like, it gets kind of boring to have one voice, you know? Like, we really, in order to, like, fully understand what it means to be an empowered human with vitality it's like we have to understand the full range of human experience if we're only operating out of one specific viewpoint or only trying to get our empowerment or our feel good through just this one lens at the expense of hearing the other voices you know it it, it just to me is not radical you know it's not it's not as full fleshed out as what it should be as we move forward you know it's easy to kind of hang in the past and hang into the frameworks that we know but there's so many voices out there that want to be heard and want to be included and I think you know in like shining light you know you mentioned like uh, the black owned farms and I know you have like a food aspect to what you do which I wanted to talk about um and I see where we're at and I, I'm really glad with how this conversation's gone but um yeah, what exactly do you do with the food element? Now that I'm like, oh, I like food. <laughs> right. We haven't even gotten to the food part and uh, yeah, yeah, this whole conversation. But it's it's good that I agree it's good we talked about this because um yeah, cuz at the baseline it's all it's all what we're feeling, how we're feeling, how we're dealing with our emotions and stuff like that. But on that on the layer on top of that is how we're eating, how we're treating our body and when I say that I help people break habits that are not serving them anymore, that we do that partially through food, right? So people, like you said, people have habits of drinking a lot of soda or drinking a lot of coffee or having the mindset around coffee and, and food like, well, I'm just gonna make this because it's easy and I know it doesn't make me feel good, but I'm just gonna make this anyway, or I need coffee to be awake. So I help to teach my community that uh, you don't need coffee to be awake, your body makes energy. So I teach them ways to treat themselves in a way that, that creates that natural energy. And as far as food goes, I teach my, my clients and my community really simple ways of cooking that is whole food cooking. As in, you use a grain, you use a protein, you use some vegetables, and maybe you use some fat. 
right? Just really simple ways of cooking, but it tastes amazing. You can make like infinite recipes just with that. Just, you know, we were working away from eating food that was made by strangers <laughs> that, or that was made in a factory or food that was made and then sat on the shelf at Whole Foods for a week before you bought it and put it into your body and it's overpriced anyway. So cultivating a little bit more of that self-sustainable living, right? So you, you have the power to make your own simple recipes that's made from food that's coming almost directly from the ground. It's not that easy and it's cheaper go than going out, which is something that I think a lot of people um, assume that's not the case, right? It actually can be cheaper. It actually can be easier. It actually can give you a lot more resources in your life for so many reasons. So teaching everybody how to simplify and stop relying on other people to make your food. You can, you can make it. Like there are times, you know, there are times that can make this possible. Or at the very least, if for whatever reason, there, there's just no time to be in the kitchen. I have ways to source food that is made, that is in a solid, um, is in a good, nutritious place, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like the emphasis on simplicity that you brought up there, because I think so often when people think about like eating healthy, they have this very specific idea. And I mean, it's kind of like this mystical abstraction, you know, like, we're just gonna like what eat salads and like drink smoothies all the time. Like, I mean, yeah, those are great things. But um, even just the fact that you just kind of like simplified it down to like, grain, protein, veggie, fat, you know, like, I, I think that that kind of like modular understanding of it. And like, frankly, like it isn't that difficult, you know, but there is like the time element, which have you ever had to like, did you ever have a client who had kids and worked? And like, what would you say to someone who doesn't have the time or maybe not even the access to quality food? You know, that's kind of where I was thinking of like the black owned farms is like, a lot of people don't have access to farmers or, you know, direct. So what would you say to the folks who are in, um, I think they're called food deserts? Uh, there might be a, a term under that that's not as severe. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, the time aspect. It's, there's a couple, it is complicated. There's a couple facets here that we can talk about with the time. So first of all, there are ways to bulk cook your food where all you need is like, a couple hour period once a week to create a lot of the meals, okay? And yeah, there are always going to be stressors in our lives and for some people that's a lot. They have a big family. They're like, how do I even get to this? And that's, if you get to that point where it's really that much where, um, hey, I have a really special situation where I cannot get into the kitchen, there are, there are ways of sourcing food that, that you can utilize that, that I share with my clients, ways of researching this. But as far as, you know, if you feel like you don't have enough time, but you haven't quite tried it yet, just try it because there are ways of bulk cooking. So for example, you can, uh, you can have one day where you make a whole bunch of uh, like brown rice or something or a whole bunch of one style of grain. And then you make like two big trays of like sweet potatoes, like roasted sweet potatoes and um, roasted root vegetables that you like, let's say. And then um, you make some like chicken ahead of time and you just have that for like half the week at least, right? You can make these really bulk sources of food. Um, and I think a lot of people forget about that and they think that it's going to be in the kitchen every single night. 
it's not always like that and it doesn't have to be like that and even if you can switch out half of the meals or like one or two meals a week when you're eating out if you can switch out one or two of those with a meal that you can make yourself that's already amazing like that's wonderful that's something to self celebrate go for that um so there's that aspect of it if you if you think you don't have time but you haven't tried it yet just try it if you're still having a difficult time reach out to me send me a dm on instagram and i will help to guide you through your specific situation um so then the other side of that too is like yeah the food desert if you don't have anything around you if you don't have vegetables around you there are some options to get some stuff shipped right you can get you can get produce boxes shipped there are almost always farms accessible so i lived in new york city where there actually are some food deserts in like certain areas of new york city and um there are still farms around that like will ship you a box and they'll give you a bulk discount of like some potatoes or something like potatoes are amazing like you can you can there's so many different recipes that you can use with with potatoes um you can get a box of those shipped and they're pretty affordable and the farmers are also like they're just they're not the huge corporations right like they'll talk to you they'll work something out with you um just like start start bringing up these conversations and start building a relationship with these farmers because there there are farms like that will work to get food to you you know and there are a lot of programs that will work to do that um so i think again it's one of those situations where if you haven't looked yet about any of these options and if you don't have vegetables because as long as you've got some vegetables as long as you've got some kind of meat at the grocery store you can you can roll with that a little bit you can even use sweet potatoes as your carbs for example like i could go on and on about this but if you don't have that in your in your grocery stores and you haven't looked up to see if there are any options for like farmers to talk to to see if they can ship you a box of something um definitely take a look because i was so you know i've been in all different corners of the country uh and it's it seemed like there was nothing around me that i could find that was local i did some research it can be found and it can be it can be worked out so again if is if anyone is living in a in a food desert or just in an area where they don't have a lot of these resources like hey emily what are you talking about i don't have that around me i don't have farms around me again message me i will help to work something out for you mm, that's a really generous offer wow yeah, and I also think there's the element of like when you get to know the farmer or the people who are growing your food, you deepen your relationship and appreciation of that food because you know the hands that pulled it from the earth. You know, oftentimes when we buy a lot of food from the store, it's like it's been packaged, it's gone through 10 plus hands, you don't know how it was grown. There's no connection to the earth, which is another aspect of what I would consider like the the way forward, you know, in the 21st century is like generating a sense of communion with the earth and with our external environment and i think like food is the bridge from the external environment into our bodies same with our air and water but like food is one of the most immediate probably the easiest one of those things to really start on and the more that you invest um into like ethical sourcing i i think that i mean that alone will give you a sense of empowerment and um, vitality that just not doing that you know so like not only are you improving the nutrition because homegrown food is actually more nutritious um, based on um, all the uh, uh, oh my god it starts with an m uh, comes from the soil it's right on the tip of my tongue starts with an n m oh nutrients and 
Anyway, there's something from the soil, like well-tended soil, that actually we're not getting enough of in like grocery store-bought food. So like in also in that, you know, in supporting local, like you're helping yourself like spiritually, nutritionally, um, socially even, you know, getting to know other people who are outside of your circle, you know. So the fact that you're able to, you're willing to help people do that, I think is going to be a huge benefit to a lot of people. And it, again, demystifies so much of the process and keeps your, um, your trade, you know, down into a, a limited, you're not buying things from California anymore. You're buying from things from your neighbor, you know? So all of these things kind of create a sense of empowerment that I think kind of integrate really well with every other aspect that you're offering, you know? Yes. And I want to just add something in. Yes, totally. Um, well, like what you were saying, Brett, local food, there's a big, it's just like health coaching or something like that, or diving into our health. There's a big misconception that it's only for rich people and it's only for people that have like a certain amount of resources. And yeah, like that's how things have like played out because there aren't enough support for everybody. There's a lot of support for a certain amount of people with a certain income and then like not so much support for everybody else, you know? Um, but local, like sourcing local food can be accessible and can be even cheaper sometimes than the grocery store. So that's a big, that's like a really important, I think, piece of information. And even um, there is a place that just opened yesterday called Southeast Market. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and you know, someone who's like listening to this in the future, I don't know how everything's going to develop, but I just, I really feel like it's important for me to, to just mention this here, this recommendation. Southeast Market has produce boxes that you can buy that are sourced from black-led farms, brown-led farms, indigenous-led and woman-led farms in the local area, or they're sourcing from one of these, or that's their first priority. And it's, it's pretty accessible, uh, or just go down and check out the market and see if there's one or two things that you can buy each week, but you can also buy these produce boxes that can get shipped to your house, or you can come pick them up every week. So I just wanted to highlight that just to, so everyone listening, even if you're not in the Michigan area, to know that there, there are some companies out there that are doing some amazing stuff and that also prioritize good, solid local food being accessible to everybody and supporting farms that totally deserve to be supported, you know? Yeah. So what would someone Google in order to like kind of find a situation like that in their own immediate area? I know like CSAs are things, um, which is kind of like a co-op food kind of situation, but like what would people look up for that? Yeah, co-ops are a great one and they also do produce boxes and produce boxes, um, for anyone listening who's like, what's a produce box? It's just a, it's a more accessible, cheaper way to uh, buy local produce because it's kind of like you get what you get, but you get all of this amazing uh, local produce. So co-ops are good. You can go to realmilk.com. So this will bring you to a lot of dairy, a lot of meat, but also you can find uh, local farms in your area. So if you go to realmilk.com, you would type in your zip code and it will show you the local farms in your area that are selling milk or like good meat or dairy. But even if you're not eating those things, oftentimes those farms are also growing other stuff. So you can access those. Um, you can search local farms in my area. You can search markets that provide local produce. You can search uh, shipping local food to my house. You know, any of these thoughts that get popped up in your head or when you like any thoughts that come to mind about these topics, if you Google it, like I've always had success with this from somewhere, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I actually really like the idea of produce boxes because it's oftentimes they they send you, like you said, like whatever's in there is in there and it's usually like what's in season. But what this could do is also expand your cooking repertoire. You know, like you get some like rutabaga and it's like, I don't even know what I'm doing with this. But that actually is like kind of a fun experiment. And then you get to like try out new foods. Not only are you helping them, but like you get this really attractive box of produce that like it's like a Christmas in, you know, April. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you learn more about stuff. I'm still learning about vegetables. I'm still learning about certain vegetables. I'm like, wow, I've really never tried that before. Like, let me just Google it and see what's up. And yeah, just anyone listening who who does get a root vegetable in the future, just roast it at 350 until it's soft, you know? (laughs) And that's a really good good (laughs) go-to. Yeah, cool. Well, um, I think that that's probably where we're at for time. So before we part ways, uh, is there anything that you'd like to share in terms of like contact info, what you have planned for the future, anything you want to uh, just rep? Yeah. So the Root Awakening Mastermind, like I said, is going to officially be up and running next month. Um, I am already cultivating our members, so I am reaching out to them and we're talking already. So if you would like to be a part of the Root Awakening Mastermind or if you're curious about it or if you have any questions about it, reach out to me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening and root is spelled R-O-O-T and that's really the best place to go um, under you know any circumstance. If you have questions, if you were doing some of this research and you're like, hey, there's still no farms in my area or hey, this still doesn't seem accessible to me and you have questions about that, reach out to me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. You also have a cool podcast. Too. I also have a podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I just started that and we are on episode five. So you can go to bit.ly slash root awakening. And, but we're basically on all of the major podcast platforms. It is called root awakening, a health podcast. Yeah. That's a good name too. <laughs> and I like, you do a lot of solo casts, which are something I'm going to be getting into, but like definitely a lot of respect for that. That's, um, that's definitely a skill to be able to hold down like a 40 minute window. So I see that and I'm like, dang, okay, I see you over there. So yeah, awesome. if you can't tell, I can talk for a long time, a long time it. about this stuff. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure, your dream. Uh, you have yourself a great day. Thank you so much, Brett. All right, and that was the episode. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening all the way through till the end. I make this show for you, so your support does not go unnoticed. Um, Yeah, that was Emily. She is an absolute delight to have a conversation with. I'm really glad I got to connect with her and hear what her platform is about. I think she's going to be doing some amazing work in the future. That mastermind group sounds honestly like something that even I would enjoy getting involved with. So um, yeah, uh, feel free to check her out. I definitely encourage it even for just uh, one consultation, you know, just to kind of get an assessment, you know. Uh, Emily's Root Awakening is her uh, her program and her organization. She's got a podcast by the same name, Emily's Root Awakening, a health podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts and all the other streaming services. Yeah, I am just left beaming after that. So we will see you here at the same time in place next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. We are going to be talking with one of my absolute favorite human beings I've ever had the chance to meet. Uh, I owe him a lot in my life, and I'm so excited to share his mind and heart with all of you. So yeah, be well, treat each other nicely, and we will see you soon.